0: is Chelsea. And this is Andrew. Welcome to Hugging and Learning, a podcast where we look back at very special episodes of television from the 70s, 80s, and 90s to see what they have to teach us today.
1: Today, we are going to watch a very special Christmas-themed episode of My So-Called Life, the... Episode is called So-Called Angels, season one, because there only was one season. Episode 15, you can watch it on Amazon Prime Video. You can rent it for 99 cents. The writers are Winnie Holtzman, who, of course, created the show. She's one of the greatest writers of our time. She wrote the musical Wicked. She has more money than any of us can even conceive of. Um, And then Jason Kadams, who was the creator of such series as Roswell, Friday Night Lights, Parenthood. So, you know, no slouches here in the writing department. Right. Uh, It originally aired on the 22nd of December, 1994.
0: And Jason Kadams, -hmm. a brilliant writer, Friday Night Lights and, and Parenthood alone, but just look Boston Public- Mm-hmm. All this nonsense this dude did, it's right. fucking amazing. Right.
1: So these are the two uh, ringers that were, I don't think, I don't know if he was a ringer yet in 1994. If he this is a, like one of his first things, yeah. I think. So two of these amazing, these two amazing writers teamed up to write this holiday episode of My So-Called Life, which we're going to talk about in detail. But first, let's talk about our snack.
0: This is a, sure, I'll get this one uh, type snack that I got from the Albertsons. It is pumpkin spice nut toffee. Yeah. It's like they pulled Christmas words from a hat, and then they're like, I guess that's the snack we're making. Pumpkin spice nut toffee. It's signature select.
1: It's like a brittle. I see pecans. I see pumpkin seeds. Mm -hmm. I see... Maybe peanuts.
0: Sure. All right. I don't know. A- this is really just gonna be like it's either gonna be great or it's or gonna we'll be break all our teeth. Yeah, we'll break all our teeth anyway. <laughs> uh, all right, let's do this.
1: Like if you wanted to eat sugar with stuff embedded in it and chew it for nine years, yeah, you would buy this. It really hurt
0: to eat. It hurt sure. my teeth. You got a cavity? Don't have dental <laughs> insurance? <Just> chew this.
1: <laughs> Just chew it. Plug those holes right up. This will
0: count as a ceramic paste <laughs> in a uh, in your teeth. It I, also that's... doesn't
1: taste. It tastes like. Just in that way of things that aren't that are generically pumpkin spice. It really is. Think, like you're eating a candle.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <You> just, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not like that. I know what that's like.
1: <laughs> it's super sweet, but the there's no like nuance. There's maybe a little bit of cinnamon, but that real spicy part of pumpkin spice, that like gingery, clovey yeah. sort of back end of it, is not at all present.
0: No, not at all. It does. It reminds me of some snack that I had when I was a kid. And it's just like Do you eat a candle? No, uh, <laughs> A snack, Chelsea, not a meal. <laughs> uh, peasants. Don't even know what a good dinner candle is. <laughs> I'm, my mouth is more toffee than man, now. <laughs>
1: and all my teeth are stuck together forever.
0: Hey, Chelsea, let's talk about a goddamn episode of. Television. Oh, you
1: don't want to talk about eating candles some more?
0: No, it's a bit, it's a bit gauche. Okay. Yeah. So let's get this out of the way. I this is the very first episode of my so-called life I've ever seen. Okay. This was not made for me at all. <laughs> this the show was not made for me. Uh, I was a I was a, a teen. At This time and I, I, I couldn't. I just the mopiness, I wanted angry mopiness. This was like deep mopiness. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's no thanks. Yeah,
1: oh, the the deep, the deep mopiness is pervasive. This show was made for me. I was Angela Chase is 14 years old, she's in her freshman year of high school. I would have been about two years younger than that when this mm. show aired. So it definitely was 100% made for me. It ran for 19 episodes, one season, 1994 to 1995. Ultimately, ABC canceled the show after one 19 episode season because it had very low ratings. And also apparently Claire Danes was reluctant to reprise her role for another year. Which is she going to
0: move on to something else? Well, she
1: was, she I think, had already been cast in Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet yeah. and was like, I'm going to be a movie star. It's time to go. This was the recipient, the show was the recipient of the first ever online fan-fueled Save the Show campaign hmm. when ABC announced that it was killing the show these fans online which was a brand new thing yeah. uh put together this thing called life support and uh-huh. tried to there was like a letter writing email writing campaign sure. um ultimately didn't work also of note in 1994 when she was just 15 claire danes won a golden globe for best actress oh, shit. for this series wow. um, see i yeah. always
0: thought of this as an mtv show
1: it aired on mtv yeah. concurrently To try to drum up more audience for it, which I've never heard of happening on another show. But um, it aired on ABC first, and then I think it started airing on a different day also on MTV to try to get more people to pay attention to it. And
0: MTV really boosted the shit out of this thing.
1: Mm -hmm. It was in a bad time slot on ABC. It was on Thursday nights at 8 p.m. up against Mad About You Friends. Martin, living singer. Martin? Yeah.
0: <laughs> no one can take down the great beast that is Martin.
1: <laughs> and it was um, obviously a favorite of a lot of teenage girls. It sure. was a favorite of mine. And the critics loved it, but ultimately that wasn't enough to keep it going. A f- couple of fun facts, just trivia facts. Um,
0: <laughs> fun. Are they mopey fun facts?
1: No, they're just fun. Okay. Um, the, they shot it on location at University High School in Los Angeles and this is also where they shot seventh heaven, Joan of Arcadia and the arrested development high school scenes.
0: Oh shit. So it's All a right. it's
1: a very well covered, well exposed high school. University
0: um, High School. University High School? That's fake.
1: It's by Brentwood. It's between Brentwood and Sawtelle. Oh, sure,
0: that's fine. Yeah.
1: And Claire Danes was 13 when she was cast, and they almost cast Alicia Silverstone. They were both unknowns Oof. at the wow. time, but they thought Alicia Silverstone was too pretty and not awkward enough. Huh. And then, this is the most pertinent fun fact for this episode that we're okay. about to talk about, Ricky Vasquez was the first openly gay teenager on American network TV. Holy shit. There had been openly gay characters who were adults before yeah. this, but he was the first openly gay teenager on wow. network TV.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I do remember it being kind of a big deal at the time. But again, I just couldn't get into it. It just wasn't. It was like a soap opera for for teenagers. Exactly. I mean, that's just not my thing, man. I was uh, listening to Nine Inch Nails and oh my
1: God, we are watching gonna...
0: Pulp Fiction on a loop.
1: We are about to have very different experiences. Well, this, this episode, this whole we go episode is going to be like,
0: <laughs> Chelsea, what does this part mean? I mean, we're going to start out with Chelsea, what's going on here? So let's get into this okay. goddamn thing. So my so-called life. Yeah, it opens on the title, "My so-called life." Congrats. Mm-hmm. And then the very first thing we see is bloody snow. Yeah, bloody snow. And Ricky, uh, who I've, I've, I'm gonna go back and forth calling him Richie, just because. Again, I look. It's a nightmare trying to get all these people's names. Yes,
1: it's short for Enrique. If that helps.
0: It doesn't because it's written down wrong. Oh, I see. So I read the the thing. So Ricky has been. Uh, beaten up, and he's bleeding on the snow on a sidewalk, and nobody could possibly care. And he no. gets up and stumbles down a a uh, alleyway. What's up?
1: And children's voices are reciting the goodnight prayer spookily in the background.
0: Yeah, that was that was real weird. Yeah. They finally explained it at some point, but I'm like, what's going on, man? There's a lot of
1: spooky voiceovers.
0: It's so like it's like a horror movie. <laughs> it's like, "Please keep me warm tonight, yeah. dear Jesus."
1: Everything in this episode is pointing at something. Every show or movie that's on on a TV in the background, oh my every God. song that is playing, <laughs> yes. every single thing is pointing at something. This show is and has always been your very favorite thing, highly symbolic. Oh my gosh. Um, and so I can't. I'm great at symbolism. <laughs> so I can't wait to talk to talk you through all of the things that I experienced watching it where I was like, this points at that, this points at that. Also. For,
0: for people, just to explain real quick, for people who don't know me personally, uh, that's just something I didn't get. <laughs> for a long time was symbolism I don't know why I don't I have no idea what is wrong with my brain that for the longest time I was like B- why would they put that rose there it's just a rose right no it means this no it's just a rose though <laughs> yeah. so I'm a writer now and you can hire me right
1: <laughs> Just not to write symbolism. So The Ordinary World, for those of you who weren't teenage girls in 1994, uh, Angela Chase, played by Claire Dane, she's 14 years old. She's undergoing a lot of life changes all at once this season. She narrates the show usually. Oh. It's very intimate. Her narration's, it's really sort of interior and, but not this episode. There's no narration this episode. She fights with her mother a lot, has a very strained relationship with her mother, and in. Uh, earlier this season, her father kind of got knocked from his pedestal, so she's not having a great time with either of them. But they do love her. She's also doing this thing where she had a best friend all growing up, this girl Sharon, but now mm. she's got this new best friend Rayanne, who's kind of oh, wild. Oh, I get
0: it. Yeah.
1: Um. So Rayanne's kind of wild. Rayanne's the one that convinced her to dye her hair that unnatural red color, oh. which is iconic. And I had my hair dyed that color for a while. Um, maybe when we first met, actually, I had my hair dyed. Could be that color.
0: Um, Still watching My So Called Life. Right. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, and All also right, she's in love with Jordan Catalano, played by Jared Leto. This is a huge plot point. And they're kind of together, like, sort of. She's, I don't know. It, at this point in the season, Ra- Rayanne and Ricky, who were formerly very close, have been growing apart. Ra- mm-hmm. Rayanne's got kind of a drinking problem. Angela's feeling uh, like there's something wrong in her little friend group. And now it's Christmas! <laughs>
0: The ordinary world is there's so much drama, but now the special world is now there's so much drama at Christmas time. Yes. So, okay. Chelsea, very first scene. Yes. Ricky bleeding on the snow on the sidewalk. He's obviously been beat up. He's obviously been beaten up. And he stumbles down a a dark alleyway leading nowhere while a mysterious woman Mm -hmm. plays Silent Night on the guitar.
1: Yes. The short-haired, mysterious team with choppy bangs is sitting on the curb. She looks like a homeless person. Mm. And because you have no way of knowing this, I don't think this is Juliana Hatfield. Oh, I,
0: I, I know Juliana Hatfield, who is
1: of the Juliana Hatfield trio.
0: Yeah, a famous musician yes. and McCoy hater. McCoy hater Hatfield. Oh, I see. Um, Why are you rolling your eyes at that? That's, I don't know. That's a perfectly serviceable it's joke. It's great. It's a great joke. No, no, you're not. You don't believe it. God damn it! <laughs> Lots of Hatfields and McCoys married each other. Two decent jokes about oh this my show, God. and that was half of them <laughs> down the fucking drain. Uh,
1: so she, she maybe
0: be a little more charitable. She's a, another one on the okay, horizon. it is thank Christmas you.
1: time. Um, God, she, <laughs> she's, she turns to the camera, and if you were a teenage girl in 1994, you would be losing your shit, being sure. like, "Oh my God, it's Julianne Hatfield!" And she's got a guitar; so she's probably going to sing uh, some more. Um, <laughs> So cut to the chase household, Angela picks up the Christmas carol. Julian Hadfield was playing the last scene. Angela's now playing on the piano in their home. And little sister Danielle is complaining that she wants a bike. Mom says you can't we can't afford to get you a bike this Christmas. And then mom freaks out because this is so real. Yeah. This
0: is so real. (laughs) So (laughs) it's such (laughs) trivial stuff, but it's like I I know people. I know my mom did this, where an old friend who was taken off of the Christmas card yes. list has sent them a Christmas card, but they didn't send the friend the Christmas card. And now, if they send a Christmas card, they're gonna know that they just sent it because they sent one. Oh, dude, white I feel this. I feel people. this pain though. Problems. Oh, I
1: feel it so hard though because the Christmas card list anxiety is real. Out of seemingly nowhere, because she's a oh. teen provocateur,s Angela. <laughs> Angela asks first, "Why don't we go to church?" And then, "So do you believe in God?" To her parents, and then just like watches them fumble for answers which she knew they would this was totally just to get their goat she just kind of like stares at them blithely while they try to figure out how to answer those questions
0: look this is a a teen dream come true (laughs) being so deep that you could easily put your parents on the ropes (laughs) with a single question it's like hey i'm just 13 but i know all your (laughs) bullshit That's what we all dreamed of being as yes. thirteen-year-olds. Where it's yes. like, if I just ask mom and dad about the establishment, their world will crumble <laughs> down.
1: And little Danielle says, "Do we have to keep talking about religion? It's Christmas."
0: Oh boy! Bum, bum, bum. And then Angela has, you, you, when you think her smugness can't get any higher, <laughs> she smugs Takes it, it up out to another level. She's like the desolation of smug. <laughs>
1: Uh, no. Okay, Lord of the Rings jokes I will always laugh
0: at. Oh, good.
1: <laughs> so then we cut to school.
0: Christmas fever or rubella is sweeping <laughs> angst high school.
1: Kids are singing Christmas carols. Um, Angela and Rae-Ann are walking down the hall. They run into Ricky, who's you know his face is all bruised and beat up and. He makes up something, the story about falling on a patch of ice while he was running to catch the bus. And yeah. all these people had to help me. It was so embarrassing. He is
0: not good at lying.
1: Um, he We know he's lying. Rayanne knows he's lying. Angela suspects maybe he's lying.
0: It's just, it's not... It's Look, I, I, I understand that this is written because he's lying. But also this character is not good at lying. No. It's like, ask me what happened to my face, Chelsea.
1: What happened to your face?
0: I don't... I mean, like, I... You know, I've uh, hit it with a brick. I guess
1: <laughs> your, I don't your own know. Face with brick. I wasn't
0: there. <laughs> it's pretty much that. It's like there's lots of likes and I guesses, yeah. mm-hmm. and how am I supposed to know? Shruggings.
1: <laughs> uh, and then Rayanne says to Angela, like, "Look, Ricky gets beat up a lot, and he doesn't <laughs> want to talk tendency. about it. Well, because he's gay."
0: Yeah, I um, mean, I don't, I don't. It just the way she puts it is like. No, nobody will ever say that about. Hey, he just gets beat up all the time. Right. So who has beaten Ricky up?
1: Uh, oh, you mean in this episode? Yeah, at
0: the top of the episode, I, I, we're
1: we're to believe it's his parents okay. or his dad, probably. I, I,
0: that they refer to that later on in the episode, but it's just yeah, it. Seems as though like we've continued from the previous episode. That's not the yes.
1: case. Yes, No, that's not the case. Okay. He has been kicked out of his house, beaten up and kicked out of his house, his house by his yeah. parents. He will go on, in case you're worried, to live with a teacher at the school. Okay. Angela's unsettled. She knows something's wrong here, but this is not yet the call to adventure. Mm-hmm. Sharon, Angela's old BFF, that yeah. really perky girl, is the girl who used to be Angela's BFF before she started hanging out with Ryan, is putting up flyers for a teen helpline. And Rayanne just pauses briefly on her way to class to give Sharon grief and throw all her flyers on the ground.
0: Well, here's the thing. This (laughs) is when I realized that I'm a grown up now. Rayanne goes up to her and says, you're doing the helpline, people talking to you for hours. Won't that put them over the edge? And Sharon says, over the edge. Isn't that your address? And I was like, "Go, Sharon." Yeah, that right. That was a sick moment. That was solid. I don't think I'm supposed to feel that way. this <laughs> was supposed to be like, "Oh, how lame." But no, I'm on the I'm on the classy kid side now. Yeah. So yeah. I guess I'm about to die because no, I'm so old. That's
1: a good burn. I think we were supposed to feel like Sharon doesn't often have a good comeback. So it I think it was a good it was a moment. and Rayanne doesn't know how to respond except to throw all the flyers throw on the ground. Flyers on the ground. She's been bested. So then Brian Krakow, who is what Angela's f- Kirby's with yes oh my god <laughs> yeah
0: i thought i thought that i was like kind of looks like two years older lives next door not made any positive changes since <laughs> then still in love with the girl next door all right what what the fuck is his deal
1: um he's in love with angela sure. he's kind of a jerk he's not like a lovelorn guy that you're always like oh she should just turn around and look at brian he's like a pill uh. Um, and he's always, he's in love with her and he's constantly demonstrating how much he loves her by criticizing everything she does.
0: Yeah. Um, that's what ladies like.
1: Yeah. So, and he's the dweeb that lives next door. And he was supposed to help Sharon with the, uh, answer the phones at the teen crisis oh, line. He's on, just not doing it. He's just not doing it. He's like, uh, I, I don't really care. I'm not going to staff the helpline. He can just be a real, real dick.
0: Yeah. Also, not great at lying, but <laughs> no. also doesn't feel like he knows what the truth of the matter is anyway. So it's like, right. all right. So, yeah, Brian, curly haired loser type.
1: <laughs> so they go back to the house, and then mom chase, Patty, fills us in a little bit that Brian Krakow's parents have left him alone for just t- like up and went on a cruise. Well, they're Jewish, and Hanukkah is over. So sure. they have gone on a 10 day cruise, and she was like, can you believe they just left him alone at the holidays? And her husband's like, well, they don't celebrate Christmas. So, yeah. but now Brian's alone for Christmas, and that's now we maybe get an inkling as to why he was so prickly about the hotline, but Hot I also bits. want to be like, don't well, if you don't have anywhere to go, go there. You know, like that's a yeah, thing you that's could a go thing do. You could
0: do and not be alone and
1: be around other other teens.
0: But he's just his hair is too curly for that. <laughs> uh, so, mom, they're about to. Mom and dad are about to go out to the mall for some last minute shopping because that's a thing. Why
1: you do that on the December twenty second? I don't
0: who in the world <laughs> forget that Christmas is three days away. And is like, oh, we should have gotten that one thing. We're no. going to talk
1: about their poor time management. Christmas related time management more later. These
0: parents are just genuinely troubled. <laughs> and again, it feels like this show is written. This isn't a criticism written by a 13 year old where it's like, my parents just don't have it.
1: Yeah. It's control. a feature of this show that the parents are not kind of like you see in most sitcoms, all knowing in control, uh, the the people you turn to with your problems. Like, you know how even on shows like Saved by the Bell or something, if the parents screw up, it's because they didn't have all the information. Yes. It's it's not because they're bad parents. It's a
0: solid thing to do where it's like, look, nobody's got the answers, yeah. even your parents. So a maybe relax. A lot of people on this about. show have
1: bad parents. Rayanne's got a single mom who's sure. super, oh, we, we hear super about fucked up.
0: All about Ricky's that. Ricky's
1: parents beat him up and kicked him out. Yep. You know, like... It, one of the things Jared that happens... Jared Leto's
0: dad gave him that haircut, yeah. apparently. This
1: is what happens when you pill, spill a can of paint in the garage <laughs> at my house, Jared Leto kind of says.
0: I got a of cigarettes for Christmas. <laughs> With his eyes. Smoke them up, Jared Leto boy. <laughs>
1: So everybody's got shitty parents, even Angela. She fights with her mom. This show does the best job of any show I've ever seen about showing how teenage girls and their mothers can get on each other's nerves doing nothing, sure. you know, just like looking at each other wrong. Yeah. It's never been captured so well.
0: Mom and dad are about to leave and mom's like, hey, why don't you come to church with us on Christmas Eve? Mm-hmm. And he's like, Nope. And she's like, "Ah, uh, but I really want religion to be a part of the kids' life." And give he's it. like, "Then you should go." Yeah, Get kind of a late
1: start yeah. <laughs> with these kids that are like fourteen and eleven.
0: How about that? And how about maybe like Christmas Eve is just the the show offiest day to go to right. church?
1: You know, we call those people we call them oh, Easter lilies about. and Christmas. Flowers or something? The people huh. that only come to church twice sure. a year. The, the dad has been mentioned he was raised Catholic, but he says it's not for me. He doesn't want to do that anymore. But yeah. this is what mom asked for for Christmas, and he's like, nope.
0: Yeah, so So then Angela...
1: Angela
0: takes the garbage out. Uh-huh. And I've written down here, Ricky is in the backyard, creeping and a-creeping and a-creeping. <laughs> But he totally gets caught because he's hiding behind a skinny tree.
1: <laughs> he's He's gone like full raccoon out there. <laughs> he is, but it's like. Lurking in the trash can. He expects
0: not to get caught, but he's hiding behind a tree that is just several thin trunks. Right. <laughs> he's the most visible thing.
1: <laughs> and Angela's like, do you want to come in? And he says, yeah. And he comes in and he says, oh, I, I was at Brian's. And before that, I was at Rayanne's. And Angela's like, wait, you can't, you were You've been at three houses tonight? Yeah. What's going on? And then Danielle is like, isn't it late to be dropping by, the 11-year-old sister? And Ricky's like, yeah, I should go. And I wrote, he looks so cold. My God, shut up, you little brat.
0: <laughs> what a little jerk there. <laughs> isn't He's it a bit to...
1: <laughs> late for you to be stopping by, Enrique? <laughs> I
0: wish. I wish that, yeah. The, 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 she has a function here, Does this little, little sister, which is just jabbing needles in everybody
1: right um and angela can tell something's up with ricky so she's like no stay um i'll feed you he
0: says your house smells like amazing yeah
1: he does your house smells like amazing. And which, so is, she, which
0: is solid. I think and so gonna, she like feeds him. I'm going to use that to try to get food out of people. Your house <laughs> smells like amazing.
1: That's great. That's and then really just, good.
0: And then just stand perfectly still and stare at them until they're like, <laughs> until they happen upon it. Like, are, like you okay? are you
1: okay? Yeah. Do What's wrong?
0: Are you hungry? Boom.
1: Boom. There it is. Yeah. So she feeds him. And then her parents come home. And they're like, "Uh, it's late for Ricky to be here. And she says, I don't think he has anywhere to go. Like, Angela has put these pieces together. But he's been moving around from friend to friend. Mm. He looks cold. He hasn't eaten. Yeah. And she says, I don't think he has anywhere to go. Can he stay here for one night? And they're like, no, that's not the answer. And she yells, what is the answer? And the door slams. And Ricky runs he's out. Gone. And I think... It comes a little bit late, but I think this is our call to adventure. we got to help Ricky. we got to save Ricky. Ricky's out there alone. And Angela, it's taken her this long to kind of piece all this together because no one's really telling the truth about what's going on. Everyone's being very cagey. But now she knows something's happening with Ricky, and everyone needs to save Ricky. However, this isn't the call to adventure for Angela. I would argue that the person who goes on the hero's journey in this episode is Mother
0: Patty. Absolutely. 100%. But I I wish they had landed this a little bit better for the parents because their reasoning seems to be like, he can't stay here because he might need to be somewhere else. Right. His parents might be looking for him. might be looking for him. It's like, you can check these things out. Right.
1: And there's a juxtaposition here because everything in this show is symbolic. Between her having asked right before they left, I want you to come to church with me. Mm -hmm. And then not recognizing that she has an opportunity to do something. Oh, yeah. Spiritual, holy, church-like for this person. Exactly. This is maybe the first time I've ever quoted the Bible on this show. Uh-oh. But I think it coincides with the title, Hebrews 13, two, be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Sure there's this helpless kid that needs you in your own home. And their argument here is like, well, what if someone else is looking for him? What if he has he, someone else? He's supposed to be somewhere else. And then later the argument is like, well, what do we really know about him? We don't know him that well. It is. And um, so I think that this is her. One of her main hesitations is like, he's a stranger. And so the difference in this Bible verse is strangers and angels. And so I think that goes
0: back to the makes title. Makes sense. And that's our big act break. Angela comes back and says he's gone, mm-hmm. and like looks mopey and disappointed in yeah, the world. Yeah, just
1: just like I'm just adding this to the list of things I'm gonna <laughs> grudges I shall carry for the rest of my life about how horrible my parents if were. If I
0: ever learn to sing, you guys are in trouble.
1: <laughs> if I ever, if I ever write a book,
0: it's gonna be a jagged little pill, you parents. <laughs> so we go to Act Two. Yep. And we're outside of a store, and R- Ricky is standing outside. Look, this story is real sad, but but Ricky. Just his posture and like, he sees Jared Leto uh, walk by and he's already sort of making the gestures and forming the words that will be a lie. Mm. If you notice this, mm-hmm. he's just kind of going, I wasn't there.
1: Right. I'm like, just on my way to whatever. You know, I'm, yeah. uh, he's
0: already making up a lie and, and Jared Leto offers him right. Let's talk about Jared Leto for yeah, a second. let's do it. Uh, that dude hasn't aged uh, a single day.
1: Right. Well, it's also, so everyone else, they're varying ages in this show, but when they filmed the pilot, he was 21, and Claire Claire Danes was 14. Apparently they had like a lovely friendship, and he was like a big brother to her, but he is older than all the other people who are kind of mostly actually teens when Hmm. they're filming this, although there's a weird thing I'm not quite, sure on the timeline but almost two years passed between the pilot and the final episode of the series because they took a long break before they got their first episode order between when they filmed the pilot when they filmed the first six episodes Mm -hmm. and then there was another long break before the final back end order of the last 12 so some of the kids were fully two years older when they filmed (laughs) the final episode than when they filmed the pilot and Faces change a lot during that time. Yes. So Devin Odessa, who played Sharon, has been quoted as being like, I look completely different at the end of season one than I did when we shot the pilot. Um, But Jared Leto doesn't age at all. So he's perfect.
0: I've written it down here. Uh, Somewhere there is a portrait of Jared Leto getting older (laughs) (laughs) and better at acting. Because look, he's doing, he's just doing the Jared Leto thing here, man. He's like. This
1: is him in his prime, though. He's just dreamy, you know? He's just like misunderstood and edgy and out there. And like, he had to grow up too fast, and his hair's perfect. You know he's Jordan Catalano. He's
0: still a full ninety seconds from Mars at this point.
1: (laughs) He's done. He's done so much since then. He's won a freaking
0: Oscar. Yeah, absolutely. And
1: still, always, every time I see him, and I think most girls of my generation see him, he's just Jordan Catalano. Like he's the anti Brian Krakow, and that's really a dichotomy that they've set up for Angela here. Like because Brian is in love with Angela, yeah, and you know that from jump, and she kind of knows that, but she always wants Jordan.
0: Yeah, Always sure. So Jared Little, the the prettiest world weary boy, yeah, gives Ricky a ride. Can tell that Ricky hasn't got anywhere to go, so he's like, "Hey, I know a homeless camp. I can take you there." Yeah, a warehouse on it's Tennessee a Crash Pad. Yeah, and Ricky's like, "Thanks. I'll I'll light a candle for you."
1: I will say though, in Jordan Catalano's defense, he does a lot of dumb shit over the course of this show, but Jordan immediately knows what's happening here sure. in a way that like grown adults have not picked up on. He sees Ricky and he says, my dad used to hit me too until yeah. a couple of years ago when I threw a chair at him and now he's too scared. And Ricky just kind of oh looks boy. at him like, oh, you, I, I guess I don't have to go through the whole lying process now, because you no, clearly know what's going on. It just
0: fine, thanks.
1: And then uh, as they drive away, the ghost of Juliana Hatfield, <laughs> present, is watching this exchange.
0: Yeah, Ricky, by the way, offers to light a candle for Jared, but mm-hmm. Jared doesn't go in for that religion junk, man. Right,
1: and a very pointed rendition of Home for the Holidays is playing in the background as they oh, okay. drive away.
0: So let's go to m- one of my favorite themes of this episode. we we'll go back to Angela's house, where her parents are having a patented were we wrong about that conversation? (laughs) They have like two or three of these where it's like, did we do the right thing? It's like your parents are insecure and and just really driving that Your parents
1: are winging it as well. Yeah,
0: pretty much. And they, they make some, some solid points here. That's, they don't take an easy way out. These parents right. don't figure out whether or not they did the right thing. Right. It's like, is it because he's different? Is it because he's gay and wearing makeup? Mm-hmm. Or is it because we just don't know him?
1: Yeah. And dad, they're like, kind of uh, both. Graham is watching It's a Wonderful Life in the background. Yeah, and not Christmas. the happy part. No. Of It's
0: a Wonderful <laughs> it's Life.
1: Not. And dad kind of calls mom on this. He says, Ricky makes you uncomfortable. He wears makeup. Yeah. He's gay. And... and and if it were Brian Krakow with that bruise, would it have been different?
0: And mom's like, but we know Brian. We've known him since he was five. Exactly. I don't know this kid. Back to Hebrews 13,
1: too. You yes. know, you don't know him, so he's not worthy of your helping him out.
0: There you go. So then we go back to school. Angela's very worried that Ricky isn't there.
1: Mm-hmm. As uh, everyone should be. Yeah. Like, are the teachers not like, where's your friend? You hey, know?
0: <laughs> that kid who was beaten up yesterday. <laughs> right. The kid
1: who had a, a bloodied face yesterday, not here today.
0: Hmm. And uh, Rayanne dumps just a, a boatload of apathy on her concern. She's yeah. like, well, whatever. Yeah, what are she, you going to do?
1: Exactly. You can't save the whole world. You can't feel guilty for not taking care of the whole world. And I was like, that's a valid point. But this isn't the whole world. This is one of Angela's like six friends. Yeah. So she should feel guilty for not having yeah. done more and wants to go find him.
0: Uh, meanwhile, Sharon is is yelling at Brian Krakow for not helping. And Brian's like, oh, yeah, I should just help because I don't have plans. Yeah, I guess I'm deep. just a loser." So- Says this loser.
1: He steamed about Christmas. My favorite thing.
0: Steamed about Christmas. My favorite oh, thing. Oh, that's a Christmas special waiting to happen. I'm steamed about Christmas.
1: It's a, it's a lobster. <laughs> With a tiny hat on.
0: I don't want to be eaten for Christmas, but you're a crab. Okay. You can put um, me in them cheddar biscuits. My favorite. Oh, delicious. My yeah. favorite
1: thing in this Here is a joke I made myself. Oh, The show didn't make, which is, Brian says, people act like, what's Christmas? Everybody cares about Christmas. People act like it's the second coming. And Sharon doesn't go, no, it's the original coming. It's the first one of (laughs) them. How about that? Literally the first coming. Yeah. No one makes that joke. I made it out loud to myself. For you. one in the morning.
0: Scene four, um, <laughs> the next scene. But
1: also Sharon oh, says, uh, quickly, Sharon says, because as you will find, there is not, well, maybe you won't find, as I find, there is not a, a word, a line out of play. Like everything points at something. Yeah. So Sharon says, this is when people need the helpline the most. They get so stressed about holiday stuff. But that doesn't affect Brian. He doesn't care. He runs away. Um, He doesn't want to help other people. Running theme of episode. about
0: it? He doesn't want to help other people. We cut to the most magical women's bathroom I've ever seen. (laughs) It is just like there are literally bubbles floating around. Yeah,
1: well, Ryan's blowing bubbles. Which
0: I understand.
1: And it's like dirty but cool, like in a Matchbox 20 video kind of
0: way. (laughs) Exactly like that. It's Matchbox 20 dangerous in there. It's not quite Blink-182 dangerous? No, no, no. Forget it. Uh, but it's not that hokey Sugar Ray dangerous that no, you hear about. that's
1: just fake danger.
0: Anyway, so Sharon complains to Ray-Ann, and luckily uh, for, for Sharon, uh, she accepts Ray-Ann's genuine apathy as like, you're a good listener. Right. Right. Um,
1: Rand's like, I got my own holiday baggage to do with. My mom's horrible boyfriend is staying with us now. And I want to be anywhere else, but home for Christmas. And Sharon's like, brilliant idea. You can take Brian's spot at the helpline you should come with me on Christmas Eve and answer the phone.
0: And they wisely cut at this point yeah. because Rand would be like, no. No,
1: why would I do that? I'll
0: just go to a Denny's. I
1: threw all your flyers on the ground. Smoke
0: cigarettes um, like I did.
1: So the next thing we get is Angela Chase walking down the hall. And mm-hmm. I remember she's just forever my style icon. She's wearing like a floral print skater dress with just a really long flannel shirt over sure. it. And her hair is that, that like chocolate cherry color that I love. so, And just... I have to stop here and talk about how beautiful Claire Danes is. Uh She's just the most perfect looking person, even as a child. I think she's got the most perfectly shaped face and most perfect hair. And like her voice is my is just like whatever the most pleasing sound is to your particular ear is like Claire Danes's voice to me. I saw her in person once in New York at this party and I was just like. She's glowing. She's walking through this room and just <laughs> just like a halo around her. She's so perfect. So anyway, yeah. I'm just watching her walk down the hall and be like, do I have time today to go buy everything she's wearing, which is like some kind of above the ankle Doc Martens, sure. a skater style floral dress and a yeah. very long flannel t-shirt.
0: You're you're a little bit a little bit Brian Krakow on her, right? Now, <laughs> I am, by the I'm way, I'm a little
1: I'm I am the Brian Krakow to actual Claire Danes. Yes. As Brian Krakow is to Angela Chase. Yes,
0: 100%. Uh, it's fine. Maybe someday she'll notice you. Are you going to start a hashtag be my friend Claire Danes?
1: Stop recording. I'm going to hashtag do that right now.
0: Be my friend All Claire All I want Danes. for Christmas
1: is Claire Danes to be my friend.
0: Is this what I sounded like a few weeks ago? <laughs> oh, spirit, show me no more. <laughs> The ghost of Desperate Andy Pass. The ghost of
1: Podcast Pass.
0: (laughs) So Angela's trying to leave a note in uh, Ricky's locker, but she's, you know, sneaking out of class, Mm. and she hears music and singing. Beautiful voice wafting down the corridor. she tracks it down to the music room where the mystery girl is playing an original song.
1: Yeah, it's Julianne Hatfield and her guitar. A breathy soprano over an acoustic guitar is like 90s catnip. Claire Danes yeah. is mesmerized. There yep. was no way she was going to not be able to follow that right down the hall. Sure. The choppy bangs, the whole thing. It's so perfect. Mm. Juliana is dressed like a homeless person, but it's the height of 90s grunge, so Angela kind of is too, so she doesn't really notice anything odd. I'll
0: tell you what. They they have a normal enough conversation where it's like, I'm not supposed to be here. I'm not either. That song was beautiful. It's just something I'm messing around with. It's, it's just a perfectly fine conversation. They keep cutting to things that Angela is noticing, little yeah. clues grimy about like, wait a second, yeah. was it grimy fingernails? Here's the thing. <laughs> so it's like her hair is a mess. She's got a weird coat, you know, this, that, and the other. But the thing that seems to tip her off is this cut to Juliana Hetfield's hands. Yeah. You think it's the, the grimy fingernails? Yeah. That makes more sense. I wrote down... So she sees fingerless gloves and she's like a
1: homeless (laughs) person. No, No, because everyone was wearing fingerless gloves in
0: the 90s. I was going to be like, hey, so all professional wrestlers are homeless, (laughs) Angela? I don't think so.
1: Changed my mind.
0: No, I think. Pretty sure Macho Man's got a place to live.
1: (laughs) It's, no, it was uh, under the fingernails was like grimy and black. They were like super dirty fingernails. Um, yeah. Juliana Hatfield trio starts to leave <laughs> and she reveals, she's like, you're Angela, right? You're friends with Ricky. I've been looking out for Ricky. And Angela says, thank God. And if you know this show and how not a single word is misplaced, you know that that means that this grimy singer is an angel. Yeah. She's I mean, like, thank God, which means thank you, which means you're from God, which means you're an angel, which yeah. means you're Ricky's guardian angel. Not a moment wasted. And then
0: she, the bell rings and mysterious woman. And someone
1: gets her wings.
0: Walks. No. <laughs> and she walks out into the hall and disappears. Yeah, can't and find
1: her in the crush of students. But she, Angela does run into Jordan, who is like, oh, I know where Ricky is. I can take you there. I dropped him off.
0: Here's my, my favorite line of this episode. Mm-hmm. Is Angela asks Jared Leto. I, "I'm Sorry, I know his name is Jordan Catalano. Mm-hmm. Great. So Jared Leto, she asked him about him and he's like, I gave him a ride the other day. <clears throat> Here's the line. Yeah, he was like, I'm going to light a candle for you. And I'm like, don't waste your match. I know I shouldn't say stuff like that. I don't even completely mean it.
1: Yeah. What do you want? That's the sexiest line I ever delivered. <laughs> is it? <laughs> yeah, because it's like.
0: Oh, Jesus Christ.
1: I'm both anti-establishment, but actually have a soft, gooey center, like in the same line.
0: I'm, 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 I'm going to say something that doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh-huh. You're what's wrong with the 90s.
1: <laughs> Am I? Or is this show the reason I dated a lot of shitheads in my 20s?
0: This, right, show in re- this show,
1: this show in reality bites.
0: Oh, the yeah. reason that
1: I was like, he's just misunderstood.
0: He's just deep, but I can get there. <laughs> right. He's, but look, he's <laughs> telling me, "Don't waste your match." But inside, he's like, "I, I don't really completed. believe it." Exactly. <laughs> okay, All exactly. Right, I apologize. You're not what's wrong with the '90s. The '90s are what's wrong with you. With me? You.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: Yeah. So, Jared agrees to take Angela to homeless town. And that's the end of the act. He's like, I know where he is. Let's go there now. <laughs> so, we're into act three. We're back at Angela's house. Brian is helping dad carry in the Christmas tree. And mom comes home and says, where's Angela? Yep. Cut to... A homeless warehouse. Yeah. And there's Angela.
1: Homeless teen warehouse.
0: Homeless teen warehouse.
1: Um, checking on Ricky.
0: (laughs) That just sounds like the best (laughs) store. It's like the linoleum warehouse. We sell vans and fingerless gloves. Trash can fires. Um, Scarfs that go on forever. (laughs)
1: There are a lot of trash can fires and candles and sleeping pallets on the floor. But it overall seems pretty chill. Yeah, like no one's fighting. Right. Everyone seems kind of warm. They just
0: seem like tired homeless people. It's not like this isn't dangerous. It's just yeah. like everybody's sleepy here.
1: And they're all teens. Yeah. Um. And so Angela starts searching among the candlelit faces of runaway teens yes. for her friend. And then she hears the Juliana's ghostly voice floating down the hall and she follows it up some stairs and then she finds her and then 90s pop ghost brings her to Ricky.
0: Yes. uh, We should mention earlier... Mystery Lady has said, "I'm so cold all the time. Mm-hmm. It's because my shoe has got a hole in it. See? I used to have some real nut. Yeah. See? Yeah. And she's got like a Charlie Chaplin style hole in there.
1: Her acting is so bad.
0: It's not great, but I mean,
1: it's mm. just breathy. Everything is just it's
0: breathy. breathy. And I'm looking and like, through my bangs. At and you. I'm
1: looking through my bangs, and I.
0: I used to have. Some I am nice. kind
1: of fourteen, but kind of 4.
0: I used to have real cool boots, but somebody snagged them.
1: Yeah, while I was sleeping, it's a real problem. So you can, <laughs> can never get warm. That's what she says. I
0: know. It's just <laughs> I, I I have such respect for this awful episode of television. <laughs> I can't tell you. It's not awful. We'll get there. The we'll get like best. when we get to the end. I was like. Okay. Okay. We'll get there. But
1: everything points at something, right? So everything, so this bit about the boots happened at school when they first met. And so then Ricky confronts Angela. And one of my favorite things that ever happens in TV and movies happens, which is that when you expect, you expect someone to be happy to see someone and then they're mad at see to see them.
0: I can't talk to you about these things.
1: Exactly. Why is
0: that? Is it because she's got like a perfect life?
1: Yeah, I think. And also he overheard her parents being like, we can't. Have him here. Right. What's the point of going home with her if his parent, her parents, are going to kick him out? Like sure. he's mad at her for suggesting that he come home with her. He's mad at her for saying you can't be here for Christmas, and she wants to help him, but he says, "Leave me alone. I can't talk to you." And she's distraught, but like, what can she do? Pick him up and carry him back to her house against his will, you know? So she goes to leave, and she runs across Juliana, who's gone to sleep in ninety seconds. Yeah, like just in the time they've had the short conversation, the ghost of acoustic guitar is asleep. But not restless. Ho Um, (laughs) ho. And then. Angela bends just down. Ed McMahon. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Um, and then Angela sits down and t- and takes off her warm, intact boots and replaces Juliana's holy boots. Holy boots.
0: Holy boots. Um,
1: with those. And Angela takes the beat up boots and puts them on her own
0: feet and, and goes out. But at first it, it, it just seems like she's just. Here, I'm just going to take these old boots, I guess. Uh-huh. Like, I'm not doing great with this episode. <laughs> Fingerless gloves equals homeless. She's just stealing this lady's boots. <laughs> uh, so we're back at Angela's home, and it's just the most perfect Christmassy yeah. Christmas scene ever. The family has decorated the entire tree, which I don't know about you and your family, but that was always like, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. <laughs>
1: No, this is, makes me mad. This is what I'm talking about, p- about poor time management. They are trimming the tree. We have established it is December the 23rd. Yeah. What is even the point on December the 23rd? Yeah, they just you got a tree. to take it down on December they the 26th. just got
0: a fucking tree. Just, at
1: that point, just put some lights on it. Like, it's not... You gotta get all the boxes out of the attic. It just... December the twenty third. You've missed this don't year.
0: Don't fucking bother. You've yeah. missed it. Just put down the tree apron, throw some boxes there on there, go. and then say you just actually call it Xmas because you, <laughs> <laughs> you or don't do have what, time. Do
1: what my parents did on the years that they missed it which is just get one of those tiny tabletop trees and put it in the yeah. middle of the dining room 100%. table.
0: Anyway, but they've saved the angel for her to put on top right. of the tree. Uh-oh.
1: Symbolisms. Uh, What's that? No,
0: uh, I get it. <laughs>
1: and Angela's like, Ricky's fine. And then immediate about face. Brian, why the hell are you here?
0: Yeah. So did Brian, like, reveal a secret of hers at one point? No, she
1: just knows he likes her and is annoyed by him all the time because he criticizes her all the time. That checks out. Um, And so <laughs> I imagine Brian's just been sitting in his front... Room, looking out the window for any anytime there's movement at their house, and like runs over, like, can I help? because he's sure. so lonely and bored?. Boy. She sits down with Brian in front of the fireplace, and it's like, Ricky's in this situation. I went on an adventure to homeless teen warehouse. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to do. The parents are listening to all of this from the kitchen. And so the parents are like, we can't just do nothing. Yeah, there are all these kids living in this warehouse. So what they decide to do is, again, like the most white privileged thing ever. We just go straight to the police. police.
0: By the way, in this conversation between Angela and Brian, something came up. It's happened before in this episode, but the dismissive shut up. -hmm. Is such a lost art. I mean, we've made it like a pleasant, like (laughs) shut up. But like, there used to be a time where it was like you told somebody angrily to shut up, and it meant stop talking, and it was fine. Yeah, (laughs) it was fine. You'd just be talking, you'd be like, shut up.
1: (laughs) Especially, but I
0: do love you. (laughs) It just, it was just, just the way things were, man. Just how we did it. Uh huh.
1: Um, So they go to the police. They don't go to Ricky. They don't even like ask. What would be helpful for you? They just go straight to the police and report the whole warehouse...
0: And this desk sergeant that they run into is not right.
1: Is he an elf? What is going
0: on? I wrote down, if it turned out that this was, like, death personified, <laughs> I'd be like, oh, okay, that makes sense. He's,
1: like, making jokes. He's, like, and... kindly,
0: but he's still, like, spooky.
1: Right. And they're and they're having this, they start having this crisis of faith. Like, well, what another, are we doing here? They
0: have another, are we doing the right thing right. conversation. They're like, excuse us real quick. We have to have an, are we doing the right thing conversation. Right.
1: And the mom, Patty, says, aren't these the people that handle things Okay, so this is just, it actually is a confusing issue. Like, what is the answer? It is a complex problem. The natural instinct, if you don't understand what it is, is to foist it off onto someone who seems to know more than you do. Like, aren't these the people that fix social problems? Don't we pay taxes so these people fix the problems, you know? But it shows this sort of a very surface level understanding of homelessness and also cops to be... Yeah. Really truthful
0: about it. We're also just exploring as far as the mom being on the hero's journey. Yeah. It's like, well, okay, so you don't want to help personally like what's your, yeah. what's your, what's it's like your a refusal of the call. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: It's a, it's a weird hero's journey in this episode because she's on that she's the one on the journey, but she's not in so many of the scenes. Right. So you have to just keep being like, Oh, right. Angela is not the one who's learning and growing in this mm. episode. It's her mom, but they're bound up in this thing together.
0: We get more spooky voiceovers at this point. Mom, right. mom gets distracted by all the missing, uh, Kid posters. Yeah. One of them is Juliana Hatfield.
1: And she's gazing out from between her choppy bangs yeah. right into mom's soul. Even and the poster's
0: a little breathy.
1: <laughs> it's true. The cop, it's black and white, of course. Yeah. The cop asks if Ricky is a runaway or a throwaway. Oh, and boy. mom is like aghast by this. And she basically says, What's that? And they say, well, you know, a runaway leaves of their own volition. And normally the parents want him back. And a throwaway is a kid that's forced out and the parents don't care. Yeah. And um, they actually don't know the answer to that question because they haven't bothered to check in with Ricky no. about anything. Yeah. Um, they're just like, our, our daughter has his friend and he's living in this warehouse and shouldn't you go help him? What's What can you do? And the cop's like, thanks for being good citizens. Merry Christmas. If you have a daughter, you should keep her
0: close. Which puts them in a real mood, which disappears between this scene and the next. Yeah. Because they come home and everything's back to being fine again. And Angela is setting the table for dinner, which is apparently a miracle. Yeah. In this house. And she's smiling. Also a miracle. Also a miracle.
1: Um, Danielle, little Danielle, 11 years old, is watching the Mr. Magoo Christmas Carol. Yep. And it's the... The part at the beginning when the gentlemen come to ask Scrooge for donations to charity and he kicks them out. So this doesn't bode well.
0: No, it doesn't. That's
1: foreshadowing. Yeah. Um, So Angela is setting the table and she's super excited and she's like, Mom, I really want to do this. Don't say no. I want to invite Ricky and the teen pop angel that I know (laughs) over for Christmas Eve dinner. And her mom's like, no, you can't do that. The
0: point that she makes here is, I mean, it's clearly, I don't want those kids in my house. I don't think... But she's like, you can't go back to that warehouse exactly. because they were snooping on her conversation earlier right. when she's like, I went to a, uh, the homeless teen warehouse.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, then Angela is like, oh, no, what have you done with this information? Like, she knows if her parents know about this, that can't be good. And they're like, oh, yeah, we definitely went and told the police about the warehouse. And she is horrified. And she screams that girl could be me and her mom just like does not see it that way cannot see the yeah, connection between this, her daughter and this homeless
0: girl this completely fries mom's circuits you know <laughs> which again is what you want as a 13 year old kid you want right. to be like i want to make a point so prescient that my mom is like oh my brain yeah and
1: this is how i know i'm old is i totally get where her mom is coming from in the sure. moment where she's like how can you say that because it's it's like Your father and I worked so hard to give you this comfortable, cushy life that you totally take for granted and throw in our faces all the time. And now you're looking at me and being like, there's no difference between this girl whose parents didn't even love her enough to like give her a home. Now you're looking at me like, oh, she could be me. Like, I totally understand how mom can get her feelings hurt. It's not what Angela meant. Angela meant just sort of like just another turn of circumstances and it could be me on yeah. the street it's, can't it's, you see the sh- the humanity that we share
0: again this is smart writing it's yeah. really well done so the next scene is in the parents room mom's upset about the fight and dad says, "Oh, Danielle said that Angela went out for a walk." And, and mom's mom- like, "Wait a second, Angela hates walking."
1: <laughs> she just knows that that means that she went back to the warehouse. Yes. If she's not in the house, she went back to the warehouse.
0: So mom rushes out.
1: <clears throat> and and we go to the warehouse. All the kids and garbage can fires are gone. Mm-hmm. Angela is there and she manages to get picked up by some lingering cops. Yep. So, a damn, that's not cups. not go well, not go as planned. Mm-hmm.
0: And that's the end of act 3. We're into act 4. So, mm-hmm. We're back at Angela's house. Mom has a plan. She's going to go out and look for Angela. Everybody else is going to stay there.
1: And she's doing the whole what have I done thing. She's like, this is my fault. Angela's out there alone. She might be hurt. They're worried about her being at the warehouse just because it's a bunch of unsupervised Teenagers, like Mm. I mean, fair enough. Um, It's it's kind of a little fuzzy. They think something bad's going to happen to her at the warehouse. I mean, it makes sense. It's
0: it's a homeless teen. There's no
1: there's no cell phones. They don't know what's going on. She can't check in.
0: Yeah, my favorite part of the episode: Mom is trying to leave, and Brian's like, "Hey, there. Could I maybe have a Christmas with you guys?" And she's like, "What do you
1: want?" He's like, hey, I was just... And she goes, spit it out!
0: Yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> You're because like, yes, that's that's a- what you I've are been, all of us. That's what I've been <laughs> thinking the whole time. <laughs> um, and Brian pees himself and runs off.
1: <laughs> no, he comes inside. She, oh, le- she leaves. leaves. Oh. She says, she's <laughs> like, what have I done? And I'm like, mm. a lot of wrong things. Basically, every fork in the road you came to in this episode, you took the wrong yeah. branch. But she runs out to look for Angela. And dad is like, no, Brian, come on in. Sorry, she's in a hurry. You you have the worst timing in the world. So Brian so, sits down to watch the TV, yeah, which is now playing the end of another version of a Christmas carol.
0: Isn't it Yeah, it's the it's the Ghost of Christmas future.
1: Right. The part where he's truly, Scrooge is truly terrified and repentant and wants to change, but doesn't know if he still has time. Yeah. Which is exactly what's going on with mom right now.
0: Yeah, no. Symbolisms. I get it. No, I do understand (laughs) now what symbolism is, especially when it's jabbed into my brain.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no missing this. Brian's feeling pretty depressed. Yeah. So he calls the teen helpline. He couldn't be bothered to staff. Yeah. How about that? Twist. (laughs) Rayanne answers. (laughs) Oh, lame guy
0: did a lame thing. That's not a twist.
1: Rayanne answers, and she knows it's Brian immediately. Like, you would, too, if you heard this voice. It takes him 55 minutes to say a paragraph of text. Um, So So I don't... uh, uh, And he's just lonely, and he's just like, (laughs) look, my parents left me alone. They said I could go to my sister's. I said I wanted to stay by myself, but now everyone else has someone to be with, and I don't, and I'm at my neighbor's house, but I still feel lonely. And he's going on and on, and Rayanne decides to try a very unorthodox mental health strategy, which is... To handle this crisis call as though she's a phone sex operator. She
0: switches right over into I'm a phone sex operator named Jade. Uh huh. And starts doing the whole phone sex thing with him. And Brian's like, okay.
1: Sharon face palms. She's horrified.
0: Yeah. And she's kind of going along with it. I would just be like, I gotta go. You're clearly making fun of me. Right,
1: right, right. That makes him stop crying. So she's like success, and they hang up, and he kind of smiles. But it's like you haven't really made him feel no. less lonely.
0: Or thank you for that one second of help. It's like you didn't even listened to yeah, him. Yeah, those aren't solutions.
1: No, this Being doesn't horny feel like a repeatable... isn't the solution to
0: everything.
1: <laughs> this doesn't feel like a repeatable mental health uh-uh. strategy. Um, so we're hey. we'll just like, leave hey, lonely that.
0: guy, if you're lonely, think about girls. Right. That doesn't work. (laughs)
1: Um, it would have been a nice moment for Rayanne to actually be like kind of vulnerable and be like, Hey, everybody feels like shit at the holidays. It's just how holidays go. You know, like she could have still handled it in a Rayanne like dismissive way, but made him feel heard. I feel like this is a moment. This is, Uh, perhaps the only moment where this episode really kind of drops the ball. I'm just like, this is not good. It's like,
0: I get it. You're trying to do a thing.
1: Yeah, but this is not helpful to a kid who might be watching and feeling the same
0: way or something. We cut to mom getting out of her car. Yeah, out in these streets looking for Angela. She's out in the streets looking for Angela. She gets out of her car. She's asking people, is this Tennessee Avenue where the homeless warehouse is? (laughs) You know? And And she spots the mystery lady.
1: Yes, and so I, just quickly, we are now approaching the Inmost Cave. Absolutely. In terms of the hero's journey and we're now Solidly back, and we're gonna stick with Mom for the rest of the. Mom will episode. have to
0: uh, defeat um, all three of the Juliana Hetfield trio <laughs> in order to win the day.
1: Successive bosses.
0: So she runs after this mysterious lady. Yeah,
1: and She's like choppy bangs, just like the wanted or po- the missing child poster. <laughs> so Angela calls the house, and she says, uh, "I'm in the basement of a church. All the, the cops brought all the kids from the warehouse to the basement of this church, and I was like." Oh, the cops handled this better than I expected. I, guess. I expected them to yeah. kind of arrest we're everyone. are all in now. Well, no, yeah. I expected yeah. them to arrest everyone for trespassing or something or loitering or whatever
0: I mean, cops do a, on it's, Christmas Eve. It's very true. It's um, but instead, they
1: brought them all to the basement of a church where I'm guessing they're getting, like, warm cookies and, and blankets and things. Sure. So dad's like, okay, great. What's the address? We'll come pick you up. And then he hangs up the phone and says, we're going to church.
0: Boom. Boom. Oh, he didn't see that coming. Looks like he is going to church. So we go back, and Mom is in a random courtyard somewhere. Yep. And she and Mystery Woman have a talk.
1: hmm
0: and, and, man. I wrote,
1: Angela and Angel are only one letter different.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Whatever takes your mind off of this conversation they have, which is just, I, I was just... I was so embarrassed for this conversation it's
1: It's not the conversation. It's Juliana Hadfield's I... acting.
0: She is not set up to succeed they are not
1: in the same world Uh -uh. like this these two actresses are not in the same play as we say like 90s pop angels all breathy and blah something that the show does really well really effectively a lot of times i think which is this a bit of an echo chamber effect where one character says something and then another character repeats it and it means something totally different depending on who it's coming from and how many times you've already heard it this is the thing that happens throughout the series like one character will say something in an episode and if jared leto says that angel is like that's so wise and if her dad says the same things the next episode she's like that's the dumbest thing i've ever heard I mean, it's solid so there's a lot of that kind of a thing but and
0: man just this one line where you, you know which i know one. the line
1: you're talking about so the angel <sighs> remember is wearing angela's boots because she left them for her this is a
0: little at confusing the teen, by the warehouse, warehouse.
1: Juliana Hatfield, ghost of Christmas Present, says... She's trying to convince mom that the two girls are no different. She says, I had a mother once, clean sheets, that whole thing. Another tosses a dice, and I could be in her shoes, and she could be in mine. They are literally walking around in each other's shoes.
0: Yeah, that's not the line. No? It's when mom... I thought
1: that was what you had an issue with.
0: All right, so I'm going to play the parts of mom and angel. Let's see if you can tell which one's which.
1: Oh, okay, I know where we're going.
0: Uh, so she's like... You know, I'm pretty much just your daughter. And mom goes, there, but for the grace of God.
1: Go I. Go I. <laughs>
0: it's awful. It makes me want to die inside. It is. She
1: should have just said the whole line. Like, mom should have just said the whole line, which is... I had to look it up because I was curious, not from the Bible. That quote dates to around 15 or 1600 provenance unknown, but it basically means like, it is only the grace of God that is keeping me out of the situation. I see this. Yeah,
0: absolutely. In. Or they both say, go I at the same time. Fine. Something. But just with yeah. the grace of God. Oh,
1: uh, I. It's it's she's a terrible actor. Like I understand why they wanted to have her. I'm sure there was some cross-promotion Yes, musically. Absolutely. And I'm sure everybody doing, freaked out, but she's uh, just not an actor.
0: It's just she's doing her best. So then the next part is supposed to be this solid like punch in the jaw, mm-hmm. where she's 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 constantly saying, You can ask me whatever you want right, to ask. Right. So
1: the first me. thing she says is, Why did you leave home? Yeah. And the angel says, I had a bad fight with my mom. It was so bad. It was like the fight was having... You know those fights where you feel like the fight is having you? Is something And this mom is, said Yeah, mom used that phrase to describe the fight she just had with Angela. And this kind of... Uh, again, the language recycling is a common feature of the show. But then mom doesn't just go, oh, I really weird, I just said that. She looks at the angel and knows because she's like, how could you have known that I just had that exact same kind of fight?
0: <laughs> so the angel goes... Is there anything else you want to ask me?
1: <laughs> and mom says, how did you die?
0: And this is my favorite thing, because I don't know what they're going for here. But Juliana Hetfield is putting all of her emotions, as much as she can, into her face. Uh-huh. And so she gives some interesting looks and then says, I froze to death. Yeah. <laughs> but the way she looks is like it's as though this is a personal thing. It's all your fault, Mom! <laughs> or it's like, how dare you, ma'am? That is between me and death. I froze, okay? yeah, happy?
1: is <laughs> not enough to just, you figured out I'm dead. Great. Fine. You've spoiled Christmas for me, so Great. now... Um... That whole thing.
0: That's all I am to people. Dead.
1: Dead. <laughs> So mom, I sing
0: spooky songs too okay? <laughs> I have bangs I'm
1: kind of a siren a little bit also an angel um, so the mystery woman then disappears well mom says oh. oh god please help me like she cries out to the heavens for oh help. and this is where
0: we get like the, the whispers again and we realize they're all, they're all prayers to god right
1: and the angel is gone and then I think this is like a moment of unlocking so mom has learned that homeless kids are just like her kids and this is what she needed to learn to move forward and so the angel can disappear because she was like the guide on this hero's yeah, yeah, journey yeah. and mom turns around and she's in front of a church and she's just cried out to God. And so she feels compelled to go into the into
0: church. The church. Um, Real quick note here though. The uh, mysterious woman has now disappeared. Yeah. You know what else has disappeared? Hmm. Angela's boots. What the <gasps> fuck happened
1: <gasps> yes. with that? Yes. She hey. needs to leave them on a grave. So Angela that? can go. <laughs> there hasn't been a Juliana Hatfield here in 25 years.
0: <laughs> Juliana Hefield Trio hasn't recorded an album in, in nigh 30 years! That's just true, That's though. That's just true. Um, these boots! Spirit, I know these boots! These boots were once mine! I was a fool to give them to a ghost! Ghost boots. Um, <laughs> if, they're in a, if they're in a 90s band named Ghost Boots, working <laughs> title, stab me in the heart.
1: <laughs> working title for the next Juliana Hadfield Trio Ghost comeback Boots. album, <laughs> Ghost <laughs> Boots. Um, so mom goes into the building that the angel led her to, and it's a church. And in the church, she finds Ricky praying and lighting a candle. And this is the supreme ordeal, right? Mm. So before the, the courtyard was the inmost cave, now we have the supreme ordeal. Has mom learned enough? What's she going to do for Ricky? She sees this guy. He doesn't see her. She could turn around and walk out. She could go up to him and be like, let me help you find a cop and foist him off. (laughs)
0: Let me snitch on you again. Ricky.
1: (laughs) But she doesn't she doesn't say anything. She just he sees her when he stands up. He's been praying, lighting a candle like he told Jordan he was going to do. And he sees her and kind of ambles over to her hesitantly. And she grabs his hand and pulls him into a warm hug. And he just breaks down sobbing and So did I. Did you? Because it was one in the morning, and I get choked up easily, and like I just want everyone to be okay, and oh my god, and like homeless kids and parents and the whole thing. I was just like, fucking, finally, someone did the right thing, and I knew it was. I've seen this episode many times, sure, but it's. I warmed my heart.
0: Cool. Here's the difference between you and me, because here's what I wrote. Mom sees Ricky praying and lighting candles. He gets up, and Mom hugs him before he can tell her that he tripped, and this match was like burning, (laughs) and then. I guess like I lit a candle and like, I guess I prayed. I don't know. I I wasn't there. I don't know what the prayer was. Who do you think I am? I'm don't, what's prayer?
1: That is the difference between the two because I was just crying while you were writing all that down. So the reward and consequences of mom's hero's journey, she's finally made the right choice. She's seen the humanity in Ricky. So she gets her own kid back safe and sound. Angela, Lured by, she just can't pass up a a song. Really, she hears the choir singing. She's been in the basement of this church. She comes up following the noise of the choir. She sees them. They all hug. And then Dad and Brian and Danielle show up yep. to pick up Angela, and they they're all sitting in church. Unity. The choir is singing a song, and the chorus is like, "I feel like going home to you." And Mom has pulled off the long con and gotten Dad to go to church for Christmas. Yeah, after all, anyway, <laughs> that's all it took. He uh, genuflects like a good cradle Catholic and then sits in the pew. And I was like... Get ready, dude. Your wife just spoke to an honest-to-God angel for five minutes. You're on the Daily Mass track from here on out. You here in
0: the end of this. this.
1: You are about to start going to Daily Mass. Buckle up. Uh,
0: So here's the thing. As much as I've made fun of this episode and the people in it, and I want to make the point that it's like this was all part of God's plan. He just beat up some gay guy so that everybody would get to, to church on time. I'm not. What I'm going to say is this is an amazing They've wrapped this up in the tightest, most beautiful bow. bow Christmas bow. Just beautiful Christmas bow. <laughs> Everything that they set up, they have completely paid off right here at the end in one like music set montage. Mm-hmm. The mom wants them to go to church. They're at church. Mm-hmm. Ryan and Sharon are goofing around like kids. Brian is with the family, isn't alone anymore.
1: Jordan it, is sexily lighting a candle while smoking and drinking a 40 on a fire escape. That
0: 40, by the way, <laughs> is like... It's not, it's done in a way like the the brown paper bag is crumpled in just such a way that it looks a bit like a Mother Mary statue. Uh-huh. I know, I know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But so he lights a candle, but then does he use the same match to light his cigarette? I don't know. I don't know. That sounds pretty deep. The anyway, answer is lost to time. Look, here's the thing is like they, they just wrapped it all up beautifully. It's yeah. just, they did it.
1: Yeah. It's, it's very satisfying. It's very satisfying. They go, they leave the church. They leave the freaking door open and they're all holding hands as the ghost of 90s female vocalist past, watches them from like a parapet of some kind or a tall tree. Please, she's she's in, the in the air. She's in the air. And then she turns her head. She turns her choppy bangs and a rush of big white feathers. Angel wings brushes past the camera. Excuse lens. me.
0: They're so-called angel wings. They're <laughs> so-called angel wings.
1: And then there's a, P- a very quick PSA in Ricky's voice for the uh, oh. National Children for Missing and Exploited Children. I didn't get that. National Center for Missing and Exploited. Interesting. Children.
0: Yeah. That's the whole thing, man. Yeah. It's uh, you. You usually we would have to like sit here and talk about like the journey back and things like that and like what did they miss out. Yeah. But no, it's just. They end this episode, and the episode's done.
1: Yeah, and I think they do a good job. We've talked about runaways and homelessness before, more about sex trafficking um, when we've covered this topic before. I think they did a good job of showing, of even bringing up the difference between runaways and throwaways, the idea that like some kids leave home, they don't want to, but they can't go back. It's yeah. not just like, you got in a fight with your parents, now you'll show them. It's like, you're not welcome here anymore. Go find a place to live, you know? Yeah. And not everyone has a safety net to catch them. So uh, It also
0: really humanizes the the whole thing, is where it's like, yeah, it's a little cloying and, and and bit trite when you look at it now, but, you know, a lot of people didn't realize that teenagers could be homeless if you're right. living in the suburbs. I know I didn't understand what mm-hmm. homelessness was until... I don't know. I, I just never lived in a place where homelessness was like right. an issue. Or, or any... that you
1: could be homeless and still going to school. Yeah. You could be homeless and still going to a job. Right. Um, I think that uh, Covenant House has done a really good job of, in New York City and around the country, raising the visibility of Mm. that, like, homeless kids are just like you. They are going to school. They are going to work. They are trying to hold it together. So I'm going to put the link to Covenant House's website. If you want to get involved with them or make a donation for the holidays, they provide housing and supportive services to youth facing homelessness. And then also I'll put the link for the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, Mm -hmm. uh, like they do at the end of the episode, which is the nation's clearinghouse and comprehensive reporting center for all issues related to the prevention of and recovery from child victimization. There you go. As many as 2.5 million youth per year experience homelessness. So this is not a problem that has gotten any better since the 90s. No. Um, but at least now, I think there's more visibility around it. And definitely the Internet has made it easier to locate and uh,
0: reunite kids with sure. families. Hey, Chelsea. Who did we want to hug in this episode? I
1: wanted to hug Ricky. Yeah, I mean,
0: you want you to hug
1: Ricky's Ricky. just just really having a time of it, and I'm so glad because he does get a very big warm hug, several of them at the very end. Of he the episode. sure does.
0: Yeah, I also wanted to hug Ricky. Maybe I wanted to hug Juliana Hetfield because I'm like, hey, you're a great singer.
1: Yeah. What did you learn?
0: Uh, that Chelsea has an unhealthy obsession with Claire Danes. I
1: love her so much. I learned, kind of to my horror, that <laughs> I am now old enough to identify with the mom in my so called life and understand why she does things. Yeah, it's a rough one, right? Which I've never, like, I was fully anti mom the first many times I watched this show. Sure. And now I am of the age of being like, oh, shit, she's just doing her best. Yeah,
0: it's like when you're like, yeah, those kids should get off that lawn. <laughs> <laughs>
1: right, exactly. You shouldn't be out past 10 o'clock. People are trying to
0: sleep. Guess what? Why are you if, so loud? If your Frisbee ends up in my yard again, I'm it's keeping my it. Frisbee. keeping
1: it. Yeah. Yeah, that'll teach you.
0: It's it's the grown-up version of Finders, Keepers, Losers, Weepers. <laughs> yes. Uh, I also learned what the show was, which is not as bad as I thought. I mean, honestly, the all I knew was from the marketing, which was so... Overwrought, mm-hmm. and this is mostly just rot
1: it's rot it's well rot yes. i would say it's been a pleasure on a sort of serious or poignant let's say poignant note sure it's been so fun doing this podcast with you guys this year
0: yeah
1: uh we've had a lot of fun conversations and we have one more left for the year before we close out 2018. It'll be another Christmas episode we're going to watch. A
0: doozy. <laughs>
1: um doozy. Very different from this one. Um, we're very excited about that, too. Andy, why don't you tell them which, what we're watching next time?
0: Chelsea, next time, please tune in. Uh, we are going to be watching the He-Man, she A Christmas Special.
1: Yay! I can't wait.
0: Lord have mercy. Ah! Is it more angsty or less angsty than this one?
1: Is it more animated or less animated than this one?
0: <laughs> uh, Jared Leto stars as
1: Shira. Sh-
0: <laughs> <laughs> so please tune in next time for that. Thank you all very much for listening and thanks for being a part of the podcast with us for this uh, this year. Yeah, bring snacks. We'll talk to you next time.